You are tired of average. You want more out of life. You know you're capable of something greater. This show will help you become resilient in your home, at work, and in your community. Welcome to the Resilient Humans Podcast with your host, Kevin Wood. Welcome back to the Resilient Humans Podcast. It is a great day. (laughs) It's always a great day here in the gym. That's right. Talking about resilience with you, Kevin Wood. We got a a workout going on in the background, so if you hear some uh, weights dropping or some music in the background, it's just because there's a class going on, and it's all right. It's good. It's good atmosphere. Maybe we can close the door. That might that might help. Jeez, that might work. All right. Hang on. Give me one second. (laughs) There we go. That that's a little better. Huh. Preparation work for this, <laughs> not a lot. No, I'm still good. picking lunch out of my teeth. Oh my god, that lunch! <sighs> I'm not a fan <laughs> of spicy. As anyone that knows me uh, knows, that about honey mustard is about my limit mm-hmm. when it comes to mm-hmm. sp- spice levels. So uh, I don't know what's in that. I don't know, but you're able to tolerate it, which was really surprising to me. And you're the one that says, "You said, man, this is really this spicy. Was spicy, and I like spice." I don't know. Anyway. Maybe I just like doing hard things. Maybe you're just like evolving. Could be. Yeah. My mouth is still burning though, even <laughs> after I drank that premier protein shake. <laughs> ah, ah. Here we go. Anyway, I had a, speaking of doing hard things, still doing cold showers. Yeah. And it's, uh, I remember it was back in April, I think, is when I first started it. Mm-hmm. And it was after my interview with Matt Chenard. And I said, yeah, I'm gonna, I'll try it and see how it goes. I'll tell you, it hasn't gotten any, any easier. Still not the wind right out of you? It's, it's hard on the body. Like it's at a temperature where I want to just turn around and leave. Like I, I don't want to be there. The only thing that's easier is my willingness to do it. Like I just don't think about it. It's just, okay, I'm done rinsing the soap and stuff off, crank it. And that's it. Like I don't. I really have to question it, oh. which is really the the interesting part of that evolution. Do you crank it? It's right down. Now, I do the cold shower thing too, but I inch it back. Nope. I, screw that. I really do. That's like, tiptoeing into the pool. It's tip, And I don't, you know, I don't tiptoe into the pool, but I do that with the shower. Interesting. I, I, I just can't. So, I don't so know. You've it's gone- so sudden. It's just so sudden and shocking that sometimes I'm just... You've gone I don't to want to brace myself for that. Nordic spa here. Yes. And you've done the contrast stuff. Oh, yes. So what's the difference? How much of a difference is it from the hot or the warm to the cold? A big difference. So how hot it's, is the hot? Well, it's a, I choose the wet sauna. You can choose wet or dry, but it's so warm and that I can barely take my breath in. Gotcha. Yeah. And that's, it's so cold and I can, it takes the breath away too. So that's how I guess I gauge it. So that's what I've been doing is I'm, I actually put it hotter than I normally would right before and then crank it cold because I want to feel that that contrast that contrast well how do you what kind of benefits do you think you're getting from that when I first started doing it my breathing took a while to regulate mm-hmm. it was a very large shock and now it's within one or two breaths I'm back to baseline wow really I, I still get really gaspy when I do it I do initially, like just that first one, like, <gasps> and then it's, and I'm back into my just 
typical breathing routine. Right. So I'll do and two, it just gets ten. easier to do it as you go along because you know to trust that it's going to happen, right? I started on my back. So yeah. water's hit me basically in the back of the neck and rolling down. And I'll do that for 10 slow breaths. 10. And then I turn and face the water. And I literally just rinse my, the, my whole front, like almost well, chin to toe, <laughs> um, and do that for 10 long, slow breaths. It's probably like 30, 45 seconds. Okay. Maybe upwards of a minute, depending on how slow I breathe. But anyway. Wow. That, that's what the cold tank does recommend. About that same it's time. It's about 10 to 15 minutes of the hot. Uh, so probably a lot, like a long shower. You probably don't shower for 10 yeah, to 15 minutes. Yeah, I wouldn't be in there that long. <laughs> no. Uh, but then it's a 30 second dunk in, in the ice bath. Right on. Okay. So Me? that's not what this podcast is about. No, nor is it about spicy lunches. <laughs> <laughs> so this this one is about mental strength and oftentimes we think about doing hard things when talking about mental strength mm -hmm. like taking cold showers and trying new experiences mm -hmm. spicy foods might not be no, <laughs> on the list but mm -hmm. uh, it is for me actually mm -hmm. I remember we went to uh, uh it was the IHOP that oh. just opened up. Remember that? Oh, what will Kevin do for twenty dollars? Yeah, and it was have a. What did you a, eat? A hot pepper. Was it a jalapeno? And a jalapeno pepper? The whole and thing. And I opened up all those creamers ahead of time so you could drink them. Yeah. After. Anyway, the people beside us were getting a kick out of it. Like it was hilarious <laughs> to watch. I'm sure. Like, I was basically crying from every pore of my body. I also got you to try coffee for twenty dollars. That was fun too. So gross. <laughs> So, hey, if anybody has any suggestions on things <laughs> I can get Kevin to eat for $20, we've been playing this game for a few years now, so send them on in. It doesn't just have to be eating. Just or do. I think Kevin will do. Kevin do, do. Bucks. <laughs> um, so, yeah, mental strength. We talk about, you know, doing hard things, you know, persevering through hard times, overcoming adversity, bouncing back from from any setbacks that are in our life mm -hmm. and that's kind of the mental picture that people get when we talk about resiliency and, and building mental strength and don't get me wrong those are all very important aspects of mental strength we're not trying to make them sound lesser but there's another side of this that we often don't even consider when talking about mental strength and that's what we really want to make today's uh, episode about is the three lesser talked about pillars of mental strength. So the first one is being vulnerable. And if you listen to the last, I believe it was the last podcast with Mark Black, we kind of touched on this about the vulnerability piece. And I think it's one of the most important things you can do for your mental health is just allowing yourself to be vulnerable. Now, what, what does that mean to you? Oh, <sighs> Um, probably not avoiding certain things that put me outside my comfort zone. Um, allowing, allowing things to happen naturally. So, um, God, that's a really good question, Kevin. Being vulnerable. <laughs> uh, I think there's a difference between feeling vulnerable and allowing your vulnerability to be seen. Okay, like I like that. So there's a difference between feeling vulnerable and then actually doing and being vulnerable. 
Yes. They're, they're two vastly different things. Yes. When you feel vulnerable, that's very internal. Mm-hmm. And you're keeping everything inside. That's not what we're talking about. Right. We're talking about letting it out. And so for me, it's about sharing your feelings and your struggles with others, even if you think it's scary. Especially if you think it's scary. Otherwise, it's probably not a vulnerable thing. Right. There's no fear associated with that. Mm-hmm. And this goes back to one of my very first uh, episodes was with Kendra Jones. Yes. We're talking about um, chronic pain, chronic pain Mm -hmm. and her keeping it inside and not telling anybody and the change it made in her life once she started telling others about that. Right. Like being vulnerable was the catalyst for change for her. Which is really, really interesting because you're right. Like you said in your introduction, when we talk about resilience, uh, people always often think it's about sucking it up. Right. Yeah. Right. And that that's not really what it's about. It's about tools, you know, that are going to, you know, make your life better and make you last longer. And if sharing your feelings is one of those things, and I believe that it is wholeheartedly, then that makes you strong as well. You know, being vulnerable, people will often fear um, putting their thoughts and feelings out there because they're afraid of being judged or being seen as it as a weakness. Um, that I would argue the opposite. I would say you have to be very tough to get outside of the comfort zone of holding things in and allowing yourself to be strong enough to show that you're vulnerable. Now, I'm going to be vulnerable here and say, I struggle with the three things that we're going to talk about today. I also do. (laughs) Now. I'm getting better. I I was about to say the same thing. I think we're both getting better Mm -hmm. at these, um, especially the second one, the next one we're going to talk about. That's Mm -hmm. one that took me years, like a decade or longer to (laughs) hone in on. But it was through being vulnerable that actually led to... Anyway, we'll talk about that in mm-hmm, a second. Mm-hmm. Um, when you are vulnerable, so what that doesn't just help you in a physical sense or a, a mental sense, but it also helps you in a relational sense. When you're vulnerable to others, you then create more meaningful relationships with the people that are in your life. And we often, again, overlook that. Being resilient isn't just about you and your physical being or even your mental being but there's also there's other aspects of your life and that social uh, relational type of uh, the aspects of your life are as important as your physical well-being i think being vulnerable with the people that are close to you is important to develop those deep meaningful relationships absolutely and you know it's through those connections that you're most able to have help each other you know you're allowing yourself to be opened up to a a perspective of other people to feel I don't want to use the word normal but you know have your feelings normalized because other people will relate to them right almost every time I've had the strength to be as vulnerable as you know I needed to be I always ended up feeling more normal than when I started out absolutely and it's almost like it, it helps you find your tribe, like who, who, gets who do you, you, who gets you, who, who do you belong with? Mm-hmm. Um, when you have it, when you're in a group of people that have that sense of understanding and empathy, 
that creates some very strong bonds Mm -hmm. and you're going to start looking out for each other more than if you just kept everything inside, you know, how how much do you like conversing with somebody who just puts up walls every single time you talk to them? Right. It's literally like talking to a wall. Right. It's not enjoyable. So it's like talking to someone and never getting past, you know, the small talk. Yeah. I hate small talk. That's why I don't like going to parties. (laughs) Let's talk about politics and yeah, religions weather. and stuff. Yeah, no, screw that. No. All right. <laughs> so these are all the um, the next one. The, the, all three of these things kind of intertwine. They're not completely separate. So um, there's definitely going to be some overlap with these. Uh, but the next one is asking for help. Um, this asking, is the one that you struggled with. Yes. yes. Uh, asking for help can be difficult. And it's not a sign of weakness if you ask for help. It is a definite sign of strength. And so when I started my business here, really it was, I wanted to do everything on my own, like all of the things. Mm. And that's not possible to get us further than where we are, where we were. I need others with areas of expertise that can help me along the way. And that can also be true for you in your life. It might be you want to do all the food prep all the time. Well, that might not be the best way to go about it. You can ask for help with that. It might not be letting go of all of it, but Mm. letting go of components of it. I'll make the list. You go get the food. Perfect. That's one component that is off of your plate and it allows you some space to do other things that are more meaningful for you. So really you're asking for help is really just creating space for you to do other more meaningful things. That's excellent. I actually just did that with the meal prep. I can't believe that you mentioned it because I didn't even (laughs) say this to you, but I do all the meal prep at our house. And the part that gets me the most, I don't mind cooking. I don't mind the prepping. I like organizing the food in the fridge and all that stuff, but I don't like deciding what everybody's going to eat every day. So what I did is I, I delegated that. So every week, instead of me picking all the meals, everybody picks one. That's awesome. And then when we sit down to dinner, everybody goes, who, who picked this meal? <laughs> Whose meal is this? Okay, well, this is Josh's meal. Oh, Josh, I like what you That's picked this idea. week. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. what are you going to pick next time? Um, so for me, that has opened up um, some basically just brain space. You know, uh, I just... I needed to not do that little bit, you know, just to find the joy in the rest of the part that I was doing. So I called my family together and I said, listen, everybody's going to pick one meal. And you know what? It's no work for them. And it's making mealtimes a lot more fun. That's awesome. Yeah. You used a word there called, and you said delegate. Mm. That's really, that's a key component to this. Um, And it can be, there's various uh, groups of people or individuals that you can ask or delegate things to. It could be your family, like you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. It could be a friend. Hey, I need help with X, Y, Z, whatever it is. Um, you know, just the other day, Blake needed help bringing his snowblower out somewhere. Could he have done it on his own? Eh, maybe, maybe mm-hmm. not. But was it easier to ask for help? It was a pleasure to help him, right? It, right. No sweat off my back. It's whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be hiring a coach. If you don't want to rummage through all of the literature of whatever you're trying to get into, uh, whether it's fitness, nutrition, or mindset stuff, 
hiring a coach or asking a coach for help can be one of those ways. You do not have to figure everything out on your own. There are Mm. other people that you can then pay to do that for you. Yes, there's cost up front, but you're, you're paying to save your time. If, if you have that extra time, what else could you be doing in your life to make it more powerful and meaningful? So asking for help. Number two, and the last one, man, this is, this w- is the one I've struggled with. I would most, say this I is think. probably the hard. As I'm looking at these three, and this is probably one of the harder ones for people to do mm-hmm. because we want, most people are people pleasers. We want to make everybody happy. Mm-hmm. And so number three of the three pillars of mental strength that are not talked about very much is learning how to say no. Hmm. I feel like I've been on a journey to learn how to say no for a long time. It's literally impossible to please everybody. Yes. And I learned that probably about six or seven years into business ownership where that was my goal was to make everybody happy. Mm -hmm. Well, that led me to not being happy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And if I'm not happy, the people around me are, right? Absolutely. So we definitely have a hard time saying no when we're asked to do something that we don't want to do. It might be, you know, and this kind of goes against when people ask for help. If somebody asks for help, it's okay to say no. Like, yeah, you're allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but make sure you know why. Like, why are you saying no? If it's something that you're like, I enjoyed helping Blake and getting that mm-hmm. snowblower over to the shop. That was fine. No problems. But if he wanted to take a dancing class with me or something, I'd be like, ah, I don't know that. Like, <laughs> I'm not gonna say yes just to help help him out for that. Right. It doesn't. That does not bring me joy. Okay. All right. So there are some boundary type things that you want to set up for yourself without sort of for sure letting other people down. It's yeah, kind yeah. of a I don't know. It's a bit of a touchy situation. We hear things like, you know, taking an extra shift at work. Like eh, my boss asked me if I could come in for, you know, an extra shift and, you know, they really need my help, but I I have to miss my kids concert. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's a prioritization here. What's, what's more important to you? What's going to mean more in the long run, that extra few hours that you're going to put in or missing your kids special event. Right. So really it's sitting down and figuring out what your values and priorities are. And then it makes it really easy to know what to say yes to and what mm. to say no to. Yeah. That's what, how it boils it down. I would almost like this category to be called, you know, learning how to think before you say yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Because oftentimes you really do want to say yes. But the problem is you jump in and say yes before you consider uh, the effects on your, your own life or if you actually can I've done that a lot of times somebody wants my help and I want to help you know I'm a helper that's what I am and I will say yes but then you know perhaps not have the time or not have thought out how much work that would be for me and then end up either being a bit of a letdown or you know wishing I'd said no and when you say yes to everything you just spread yourself too thin thin. there's no there's no time. Again, we talked about space earlier. Mm-hmm. You have no space for anything when you say yes to everything. Right. 
I used that's, to have a university professor who was amazing at not spreading herself too thin, and she encouraged us as educators not to do it. And she would say, why don't you do more with less rather than less with more? Really, she was talking about the people that, you know, she was um, really, you know, mentoring and things like that. But she felt it was much more of a, um, it would it make a, a bigger difference in her life and in other people's lives if she set out those boundaries and did as much as she could with the people she had rather than a little bit for everyone. It's funny you brought that up because that's one of the reasons I left teaching. I was one of asked, the reasons I left teaching too. I was asked to do too much. It's like, nope, nope, not doing that. And they're like, well, you're not going to come back then. Okay. I'll do something that I enjoy. Right. <laughs> that brings me passion. So yeah, don't get me wrong. I miss the actual teaching stuff. It was all that administrative BS behind the scenes that was, uh, it was too much and it was not healthy for myself. So I pulled the plug. I said, screw that. We should do an episode on burnout. Ooh. Starring me. Write that down. <laughs> Put it on your things list. Burnout. Done. We've been there. So yeah, learning how to say no is super important part in setting boundaries and it really boils down to being able to take care of yourself. If Again, if you say yes to everything, I'm guessing that you're spreading yourself too thin, you're burning yourself out and it's kind of like burning the candle at both ends. You're, you're just going to... That's right. And nobody wants you to help them if it means, you know, it, it's at a detriment to your own self. So if you're honest about your boundaries and your reasons, then it shouldn't be awkward to say no. Just I just thought of this, and you don't have to ever give a reason. No, and you know what? I thought about that the other day too. You people, I I fall into this category too. Um, always giving an excuse or a reason why I can't, instead of just saying no thanks. No, I'm not going to do that right now. Yeah. Or I'm unable to. Um, there's always a built-in excuse. People, I think people are just so afraid of hurting other people's feelings or letting them down. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. But you can just say no. Yeah. Got to take care of yourself. If you want to be able to take care of those people that you love and by setting boundaries, you're going to be able to do that a lot better. So again, mental kind of to wrap this up, mental Mm -hmm. strength doesn't mean never feeling scared or sad or angry. You know, it, we can talk about doing hard things and persevering and that's, that's part of it. But oftentimes in difficult situations, skills like being vulnerable, asking for help and learning how to say no can definitely be helpful tools to keep you basically sane, right? It's (laughs) when, again, when you say yes to everything, when you do everything yourself, when you keep everything to yourself, how is that encouraging mental toughness? It's really not. It's doing the opposite and it's doing it. It's mentally breaking you down. Mm-hmm. So hopefully these three skills or pillars can help you um, through any t- difficult situation that you're in or a, a moment in your life um, where you can come through this on the other side as a, a better and more resilient person. That's excellent. All right. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest episodes, be sure to subscribe, and I'll see you next time.